How's everybody doing tonight? Y'all doing good? Oh, I love you too. Wow, that water just sprayed up in my face. Did y'all see that? Uh, sometimes when you make fun of yourself, it makes things better, right? Y'all ready for God's word tonight? Yeah. Come on, y'all ready? God's word is alive and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It can pierce through the physical and the supernatural. Y'all believe that? God is capable of changing your entire life tonight if you'll let him. And I'm excited. I thank you for being here. We are Real Life Student Ministries. If this is your first time here, we love you. We, we are excited that you're with us. My name is Jonathan, and I'm the uh, pastor, the student ministries pastor here at North Highland Church. And uh, I would love to get to know you if this is your first time. You're a guest. But if you come back, you're family. Amen? Real life, is that true? We a family. Amen? Tonight, here at Real Life, we are striving to be just that. We're in our series called Everybody. And we believe that when you visit once, you're a guest. But when you come back, you're a family. And that we want everybody to engage in what God is doing here at Real Life. And uh, the, God is helping us to engage in Christian community and forming us as we do that. And uh, real life is for everybody. Amen? Oh, come on now. That was like two people. Real life's for everybody. Amen? I love you guys. I love everybody in this room. And the hard part about family is this. This is, this is what hard. Y'all got some tough family situations like Thanksgiving and Christmas for me sometimes, man, sometimes it's hard to be around family. Can I get a witness? So who's got younger brothers or sisters? Like they get on your last nerve, right? It's crazy. Here's, here's the thing about family. The thing about family is this. The closer we get to people, the greater capacity they have to hurt us deeply. The closer we get to someone, that gives them actually license to know you at a deep level. And so when someone knows you, they know how to hurt you. And, and when you open up your heart to somebody, it actually gets them closer to you, but it also gives them the capacity to really hurt you. Man, um, we, we, don't, we don't pay too much attention to criticisms or harsh things that are said or done by people we don't know, right? When somebody you don't know gives you an ugly look at the mall or, or some public place, you're like, Psh, I don't even know you, right? Y'all ever experienced that? Um, but when, you're, when someone you care about has an issue with us, it can really hurt us, amen? Um, when your best friend says that your breath stinks and you look ugly, it means something, right? It's like, you're my best friend. You just, well, my breath, don't, I, brushed, I brushed just a few minutes ago. Come on now. Um, but there, there is only one person on this planet that I love with all of my heart that I would die for, and that's my smoking hot wife, Jubilee Ann Brown. I said Brown. Chriswell, her, her maiden name was Brown. That's really strange. We've been married for 15 years, and um, I would gladly lay down my life for her, for her because my heart is hers. Baby, where you at? I love you, girl. You are, you are awesome. She's counting offering money or something. I don't know. She's awesome. And, um, but here's the deal with my wife. No one else on this planet can hurt me as deeply as she can. No one else has the capacity to break my heart like she does. When she says, Jonathan, 
I'm not even going to make something up because she said it before. I, I believe it. Um, but when she says something to me, it's like it hurts to my core. I'm like, baby, don't say that. I love you. You can't do that to me, right? So when you're close to somebody, they can hurt you. I, I love everyone in this ministry. Everybody in this ministry has my heart. And I am passionately in love. I, in many ways, Jubilee and I give our lives for, for this ministry and for you that are, are involved in it. And it means that the people in this room right now have the ability to deeply hurt me. Because I've let you into my life and I hold you close to my heart. Does this make sense tonight? Does that make sense? Um, my point is, if everybody is going to be unified like God wants us to, everybody needs to practice forgiveness often. If everybody is going to be in unity for the purpose that God has called this ministry to do and to accomplish, man, we've got to get really good at forgiving one another. Amen? Um, a life... The life that comes from being close is worth the risk of being hurt because this, this is what happens. A lot of us have opened ourselves up. We've allowed certain individuals to get close to us, and they've hurt us. And so when that happens, then it causes us to recoil and to say, you know what? I'm going to build some walls in my life. Nobody's going to hurt me like that ever again. And so we begin to put up walls, we put up fronts, we put masks on, we, we shut people out and we say, you know what, this is never happening again. But I'm here tonight to explain to somebody, if you've got those walls, if you've got that pain in your life, I am so sorry. But the life that happens when you open up to other people and walk in freedom and forgiveness, man, it is so worth the risk of being brokenhearted. No one likes conflict. Does anybody like conflict in the room? I think absolutely nobody likes conflict. Many of us avoid conflict at all costs, but this is what Hebrews 12, 24 says. It says to make every effort to live in peace with everybody and be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So here's what I believe. God has called us to make things right when conflict occurs. Forgiveness is for everybody. That's, that's the sermon tonight. The sermon is simple. Forgiveness is for everybody. Somebody say everybody. Um, personal conflict is absolutely inevitable. We're going we're gonna to have interpersonal conflict with each other. There's going to be a time, man, I know y'all give me a pat on the back all the time, and you're like, oh, good word tonight, Pastor. Oh, you brought the heat. Fire. We love you, Pastor. Right? And I, and I get that every single week, but I know Every single week, I also have individuals that are like, man, I can't stand what he said tonight. Personal conflict is going to happen. It's inevitable because relationships get messy. Many of us have experienced some form of conflict at some level even today, right? Somebody got on your nerves. Somebody crossed you, right? Somebody said something that just, um, I will, if I got them alone right now, whoo, right? Um, Someone, someone got rude with you and might as well tagged you in their subtweet. Can I get a witness, right? Somebody throwing shade on social media. People are going to hurt us because people are messy. People are imperfect, right? People have a sinful nature. People have flaws and people are selfish. But here's the deal. Before we get too judgmental, before we start casting stones against everybody else, Man, all the characteristics I just described, 
imperfect, sinful, flaws, selfishness, all of those I just described are in you and are in me. We're just the same. The difference should be that we choose to forgive when stuff happens. Amen? Um, tonight is week two in our series, Everybody, and this series is on unity, and it's a series that helps us see how we're better together as a group, and we need one another. We, we can't do all that God has called us to do without everybody, and if everybody can get on the same page, man, I believe that we can become a movement that cannot be stopped, and I also believe that we're talking through some issues that affect everybody, and forgiveness is for everybody. Here's, here's what I want you to see tonight. Nothing destroys the unity of the body of Christ more than unforgiveness. Nothing destroys our unity as a student ministry than if, if one person on this side of the room cannot stand somebody on this side of the room. We're not focused on going everybody to the same direction if, if we got personal problems with one another. Amen? We cannot have unity with Jesus if we refuse to forgive people that have hurt us deeply. Unresolved conflict will produce bitterness in our hearts that the Lord never intended for us to hold on to. And everybody can't move forward in unity if we have a personal problem with somebody. Does that make sense? Everybody can't move forward in unity if we've got a personal problem with somebody. Last week we saw how one person's sin can affect everybody. And if you missed it, I, I want to encourage you. We've got a podcast. It's completely free. Just search us on iTunes, Real Life Columbus, and um, listen to that. But this week I want us to see, and I'm convinced, that unforgiveness will stop the momentum of this student ministry. Unforgiveness will stop it. Unforgiveness in our hearts can prevent this moment, this moment tonight. If we have unforgiveness in our hearts towards somebody, it can actually prevent you from experiencing the power of God tonight. It can prevent you from being transformed at a personal level. My junior year of high school, uh, it's basketball season, y'all. It's March Madness. Who likes basketball tonight? You love basketball. I don't know if you knew this, but your youth pastor is, uh, emphasis on is, a baller. I'm a baller, son. If you didn't know that, I like to hoop. Your pastor can preach, but he can also hoop. Can I get a witness? Praise the Lord. I can shoot the daylights out, Clay. Come on now. Don't, 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 I'm not even going to keep going. I love basketball. I, I have since I was in high school, and my junior year I was playing, I had this, this class, y'all know these elective classes that are just trash classes. It's called team sports, right? And it, it translates into pick up basketball every day, right? It's that like 45 minute to an hour class that gives you a break, right? Because it's worthless academically, amen? Um, but I was, I was taking this class and, and I was on this stacked team because it was me and like a bunch of varsity basketball players. And there was this group of the, these redneck guys that really wanted to beat us only because we were on the team. They were like, oh, them boys are on the basketball team. Let's show them. <laughs> right? You, you know, I'm, I've tried real hard not to get a southern accent as I've lived in Georgia for most of my life. But there were some redneck boys, and we were just drilling these guys. It was crazy. Like, I was, the guy that was guarding me, I was crossing him up. I was shooting his eyes out. I was taking him to the hole. It was embarrassing, y'all. I love to hoop. Daniel, you're a baller too. I love you. 
and I was embarrassing this guy. And the next thing I know, I, I get the ball, and I beat him off the dribble, and I'm about to score, and, and he trips me, like, purposely. He, like, kicks my foot and to where I fall really hard. It was, like, something if I wasn't agile like a gazelle, like, um, I probably would have hurt myself. And it ticked me off because it was on purpose. And so I did what most people at a, at a junior age level in high school would do. I got up and I said, look, you try to hurt me again, we're going to have some problems, right? I bowed up. I'm like, do it again, see what happens. If you've done that, once again, I said this last week, I'm not promoting violence. But I was ticked. He was trying to hurt me, right? I'm like, don't do this for something so petty as a game. And so I keep playing. I keep balling. Ball is life. And he gets, he gets mad again. I score right at the goal. Man, I about dunked on him because I'm, I'm still white, though. Um, and, and so I score at the goal, and Joker literally pushes me to where I fall again. And so I'm like, at this point, I'm like, okay, do I, what do I do? And so I get up and I say one more time, I'm like, I'm serious, bro. This is about to go down if you do it one more time. We're, we're going to have issues. And at that moment, this redneck boy is like, he, he gets all up in my face, and he's like, okay, let's do this right now, right? He's like, oh, we're going to do this. If, you're going to do something, right? And he's like, except for his Mortley, y'all going to do something, you know? And, and, uh, and so he gets all up in my face, and I'm like, look, man, I, some, some reason comes into my mind because I'm looking, and my coach is right there. I'm playing with my teammates, and I'm like, we got a game this Friday, I'm not about to mess this up. And so I'm like, dude, just get off me. And I I just barely, it wasn't even like a fight push. Y'all have seen fight pushes, like, let's fight, I'm pushing you. No, it was like, man, just get off me. And the next thing I know is I have his fist in my eye to where he literally sucker punched me. He he destroyed my eye, y'all. It literally was like this. I, I got hit because I wasn't looking. It was a sucker punch. I got hit, and my face turned like this. And I'm, I literally turned back, and I'm like, did that just happen? He literally just hit me in the face for no good reason. And it was unbelievable. Y'all better believe, man, that was the worst black eye I have ever experienced. When I got jacked in the eye, man, as soon as it happened, man, you better believe I wanted to mess this guy up, y'all. I wish I could preach tonight and say, man, I wanted to be like Jesus and turn the other cheek, right? No, everything in me was like, I'm going to kill him. But in that moment, God wanted to teach me something because my teammates jumped on me, my coach jumped on me. I wasn't even able to retaliate. And in that moment, God wanted to teach me something, and it was a lesson that has played out into my adult life to this day. And, y'all, it didn't stop there. Because what happened is whenever someone does something right and someone does something really dirty at school, you know everybody knows, right? It spreads like wildfire across your campus. You know how that works. Somebody does something really wrong to do someone dirty, and everybody hears about it, and they're like, man, we can't stand you. We don't even know you, but you did it wrong. 
And so we hate you now. That's what happened to this guy. And so everybody was talking about how wrong he did me. And so in the hallways, just a couple days later, y'all know how you're walking down the hallway and there's big groups of people and you're walking and you can barely get through and you're trying to navigate your way to class before you're late? He would pop out of a big group of people right in front of me and go and put his fist to my other eye, trying to taunt me, trying to get me to fight him, trying to get me to prevent his name from being terrible. And every, almost every day for over a week, I had to face this guy. And you better believe everything in me wanted to not forgive him. Everything in me. I share this story tonight because I know firsthand the world we live in does not make it easy to forgive. The world we live in does not make it easy to forgive. You guys are experiencing on a daily basis that this world is full of people that will try to hurt you for no good reason. It's full of it. Days after, man, he would try to taunt me. But looking back on that situation, I've now realized that he made a mistake that hurt someone. He hurt me. And it was a mistake. But the reality is that I've realized now is that I've made mistakes that have hurt others too. I've made mistakes too. He didn't deserve to be forgiven, but guess what? I don't deserve to be forgiven. I've realized that now. That's the, that's the lesson that I've learned through years of experience. Pain makes it harder to forgive, but pain does not entitle us to hold on to unforgiveness. I'm going to say that again because it's a powerful truth. The pain you're going through makes it hard to forgive, but the pain that you're going through does not entitle you to live in unforgiveness. Please hear this life-changing truth tonight, young person. Learn this now so it doesn't rob you of your future. Just because something has been done to us that is incredibly painful does not give us the right to hold on to unforgiveness in our hearts. Just because it, it's hard right now, man, we can't use that as a crutch or as an excuse not to walk in forgiveness. One of the disciples, we're going to look at God's word tonight in Matthew chapter 18. And Peter, one of the disciples, asked Jesus a question. He said, he said, Jesus, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times, because seven was perfection. And Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. You keep forgiving. Somebody wrongs you, you forgive. Somebody wrongs you again, you forgive again. And then Jesus tells this story. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he begun the settlement, a man that owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all they, that he had be sold to repay the debt. And at this, the servant fell on his knees before the master and said, be patient with me, he begged. I'll pay you back everything. And the servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. Praise God. What a powerful expression of forgiveness. Tonight, God wants us to realize that everybody has debts that they will never be able to repay. Each and every one of us in this room, we've got debts that we can never repay. You and I have failed, and we will fail. You and I have messed up, and we will mess up. You and I will hurt people we care about. 
and we have hurt people that we care about. As this happens, there will be people in our lives that are going to do the exact same thing to us. Man, people are going to hurt us. They're going to break our hearts. They even mess up our good looks by sucker punching us in the face. That's funny. But when people break our hearts, there will be no way to repay that type of debt. Like when it happens, you can't take it back, right? When something happens in your life, it hurts. But guys, if you are guilty of something major that you could never pay back or make up for, this story should help you see that apologies can cancel major debts if we swallow our pride and ask for forgiveness. Some of us have done some things to, to even individuals in this room. Some of us have done some things to people we care deeply about. And we think to ourselves, man, I can't ever get over this. But you need to see in this story, the, the servant said, please, I'll pay you back. I'll do what it takes. I'm sorry. And he was forgiven. The man would have never been forgiven without an apology. See, some of us, man, your struggle, your conflict, your issue with somebody could easily be resolved if you would just simply say, I'm sorry. I messed up, and I hope you can forgive me. Because most of the time, that can diffuse any situation. Many, many of our conflicts that we're dealing with right now with one another are things that everybody sees. You think nobody sees the conflict, but everybody knows. When you walk in the room and, and that other person's there too, everybody's like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen now? Right? Everybody knows. And yet we, don't, we, we have too much pride and too much arrogance in our lives to just simply suck it up and say, look, I messed up. I'm sorry. Man, it takes, it makes everybody uncomfortable. But as Christians, hear this very clearly, as Christians, we have been given forgiveness that we do not deserve. And that should drive us to be the most forgiving people on the planet. The love of Jesus has been a free gift to us. And our forgiveness is something we can't earn. And it's something that is free. And that should drive us to be the most forgiving people on the planet. When forgiveness comes from the heart, everybody notices. Man, when people... Forgive one another, man. It is like a, oh, look, they may, they're good now, right? Everybody sees it. But when we, for, we refuse to forgive, everybody notices that too. And the story keeps going in verse 28. It says, when that servant who just got forgiven a major debt, he went out and he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 silver coins. We got 100 bags of gold and 100 silver coins. Big difference. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him and said something almost exactly the same. Be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused and instead went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And in those times, if you were in prison, you couldn't pay anything back. So he's basically condemning this guy for the rest of his future. And this guy was forgiven a massive debt that he would never be able to repay. And he turns around and won't forgive someone who had, had a significantly smaller debt. Sometimes we need to be reminded of what we have been forgiven of so that we can turn around and forgive others. Real life, I, I don't know about you, but the way God deals with me sometimes is he will gently and lovingly, it's not condemnation, it's not look at what you did in your past, but God will gently remind me 
man, these are what I've forgiven you of. And it helps remind me that whenever I'm looking at someone or a conflict or a situation, man, I remember what I've been forgiven of, so it gives me the grace to forgive. Does that make sense? And so many times I'll remind myself, God, thank you for forgiving me of that fault, that failure, that inconsistency in my life. God, I didn't deserve your forgiveness and your grace, but you gave it to me anyways. And so I'm grateful for it, and that helps me to be loving and compassionate when somebody does me wrong. Amen? The the story goes on in verse 31, and it says the other servants, because when you don't forgive, everybody hears. The other servants saw what had happened, and they were outraged. They went out and told their master everything that had happened, and then the master called the servant in and said, You wicked servant, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to, so shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? His anger, the anger in his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back everything he owed. And then Jesus said words that should haunt every single one of us if we choose not to forgive. Jesus said, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister in your heart. Those are haunting words. Those are sobering words. There's no gray area in those words. If we forgive, we can be forgiven. But if we don't forgive, our Heavenly Father will not forgive us. Tonight, the message is heavy. As everyone stands to your feet and the band begins to come as I'm closing, I want to just give you some some practical truths. I want you to tune in. I don't want anyone talking No one being a distraction in this moment, but I want to give you some truth that will give you some courage to make some big moves in the next few moments towards forgiveness. I believe that God is going to help everybody to let go of some offense and some unforgiveness that we've been holding on to so that everybody can walk out of this room in freedom. I've come tonight to encourage you that forgiveness does not change the past, but it does ensure the future. Man, there's been some things, some injustices, some, some travesties. There's been some people that have done terrible things to you that you didn't deserve. I'm here tonight. I'm sorry. It, it won't change. It's the past. We can't go back. It's always going to be there. But forgiveness can and will ensure your future. You can't change what has happened. You can't undo what has hurt you to your core. It happened And the past is the past as our leaders come forward. But tonight, you don't have to carry that into your future. Those those things that frustrate you, those things that keep you up at night, the the anger that, that causes your heart to be just ugly towards other people, you don't have to carry that anymore if you allow Jesus to take it from you. The parable Jesus shared makes it clear if we won't forgive our brother or sister from our hearts, our Heavenly Father can't forgive us. I'm not judging anyone because I realize that this is really hard to do. It's really hard to forgive, especially when people purposely try to hurt you. Amen? It's hard. But holding on to a grudge does not make you strong. It makes you bitter. Holding on to the the offense, holding on to the wrong, that has been done to you 
Man, it doesn't make you strong. It doesn't make you a, a strong. I've, I witnessed at a barber shop just the other day. I saw this girl. She was talking to her client. She was doing. I was sitting in the chair and get my hair did, and and this this other lady barber was beside, and she was talking all this junk about this other person. Say, I'm not gonna let her get to me. I don't even care about her. She is just. She's dead to me. I don't, I'm not going to let this make me upset. And she's just going on and on about this other person that she doesn't care about. And it's obvious she's trying to act all hard and all strong and all powerful. No, this ain't going to touch me, right? It doesn't make her strong. It's, she's bitter. I love how my wife puts it. She says this. She says, bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. When you won't let go of situations, when you won't forgive someone, when you hold on to the pain of the offense, even though you deserve to be upset, if you allow yourself to stay bitter, it's like drinking poison and expecting someone else to be harmed from it. On the flip side of things, forgiveness doesn't make you weak, it sets you free. Forgiveness is not weakness, it's freedom. And the guy, he, he sucker punched me in the face. He embarrassed me. He taunted me. He never apologized to me, y'all. He never said, oh, Jonathan, will you forgive me? That was so wrong of me. I'm such a jerk. Now I want to be a good guy. No, he never did that. But this is so powerful, and I want you to get this in your spirit tonight. Guys, life becomes a lot easier when you learn to an, accept an apology that you never get. Life gets so much easier if you learn to accept an apology that you never get from someone. Man, they hurt you to your core. But God, I forgive them. I forgive them. You said some things that hurt me deeply, but I forgive you in the name of Jesus. I can't do it in my own strength, but I forgive you. You don't have to be best friends with everybody, but you do have to forgive everybody. You don't have to be, I'm not telling you to be buddy by, oh yeah, you're awesome, hurt me over and over and over again. I just want you to hurt me again because I'm a, I'm a doormat for you to walk all over. No, I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying that you do have to forgive. Trust is earned, but forgiveness is mandatory for everybody. Think about it like this. Jesus lived his life to help everybody. He healed people. He cast out demons. He fed thousands of people who were hungry. He raised people from the dead. Man, he did everything to teach people the way of freedom in life, the meaning of life. And what did they do to them, to Jesus, our Lord and Savior? They hung him on a cross. They did him wrong. They stabbed him in the back figuratively and literally. They literally stabbed him in the back. And as he was hanging on the cross, gasping for every breath, suffering for you and for me, he said these powerful words in Luke 23, 24. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. So with every head bowed and every eye closed all across this room, many times we can allow hurt feelings to linger, and the person who hurt us doesn't even know how deeply they've hurt us. It's time to be more like Jesus and let it be forgiven tonight. Jesus himself, he was betrayed, he was stabbed in the back. They did him wrong and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. So all across this room with every head bowed, every eye closed, 
you're in this room tonight and you'd say, Pastor Jonathan, I know that the debt of my sin is too much to repay. The, the decisions I've been making with my life, the, the path that I've been choosing with my, my lifestyle choices, man, I have dug myself in such a debt spiritually that I'm far from God. And I feel like even if I tried to pray, God wouldn't even want to listen to me because of the debt that I have. I want to remind you of this story. We serve a master that if we would just simply humble ourselves and say, God, I need your forgiveness. I've been a sinner and I need your grace. I need you to, to release me from the debt of sin. If that's you in this room tonight and you'd say, Pastor, I'm far from God, but I need him to release me from the shame. I need him to release me from the things that I can't undo. It's already been done, and I can't fix it without God Almighty changing the circumstance and forgiving me of my debt. If that's you in this room with every head bowed, every eye closed, and you'd say, I need Jesus to save me. I need Jesus to forgive me. I need Jesus to release me. And I need the grace that I don't deserve, but I'm willing to humble myself and say, God, forgive me tonight. I want you to raise your hand and hold it high. I want to pray with you right now in this moment. Thank you, God. Father, you see every hand in this room. And God, I know that you're just like the master in the story you told the disciple Peter. And so right now in this moment, you see every heart, you see every hand, you see every confession that they need you. And so God, right now in this moment, I pray that you would begin to release the debt of sin through the power of your cross. So right now, all across this room, I want you to say this loudly and proudly, dear Jesus, everybody in this room, dear Jesus, I am a sinner that needs grace. I can't repay the debt that I owe. But tonight, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus died paying the penalty that I deserve and so I accept that grace and I accept that freedom. Release me from the guilt. Release me from the heaviness of my own sin. Set me free tonight. And I promise you, I'll serve you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen.